Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, GZK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 120 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by TCK Pod Listener League participants Chris and Alex of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast out of Fall River, Massachusetts. We recap week one of the TCK Pod Listener League and preview week two. Make sure to follow Chris and Alex on Instagram and Twitter at the Commish FFP. That's at the Commish FFP, and listen to their podcast wherever you prefer. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Week one is in the books of the NFL season in fantasy football, and I am very excited today to bring on two guests at the same time. This is the first time we've had a, a trifecta for the season here on the TCK pod. I want to welcome in Chris and Alex of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Doing all right, dude. How are you, man? Doing good. Doing so well. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, I want to immediately give you all some rep and uh, make sure that my listeners are checking out your podcast as well. Again, that's the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. These guys are doing great work as well. Make sure that you uh, go and check them out. Give them a like and a follow. You all know what to do, a rate and review. But I want to give you guys an extra shout out and just kind of a thank you uh, formally for, um, you know, taking some time to put on what we're doing here on the TCK pod and y'all are part of the listener league. And that's why we're bringing you on here tonight to kick off kind of our listener league recap. We're going to be doing weekly. Um, And y'all took some time on episode 12 of your podcast to break down your roster, but not only that, but kind of like go through the league and go through the draft. Similarly, uh, to what I did as well. And, um, you know, I just, I appreciate you guys taking some time on that and, uh, you know, thank you. And um, I want to make sure my listeners are checking out your podcast as well. So it's episode 12. Um, but y'all break down your roster uh, pretty thick, just like I did. <laughs> and which is, which is good, which is good. And I, I encourage the listeners to go check it out because you guys have a great roster and we'll get to it in just a second when we recap uh, week one, but we ended up running into each other um, the first week of the, of the fantasy season and spoiler alert, y'all smoked me by, <laughs> I think it was 65 points in the end. Yeah. Um, all of your guys showed up only half of mine did and that's fantasy football. So we'll get to that in <laughs> a second, really, yeah. but I quickly, I quickly just want to start off this episode to get a, a, you know, a feel for you guys and, and let, you know, folks know where your head's at and things. Um, just a couple of mentions about your roster, right? Just, just a couple of names. You don't have to go through all your players, but you do have some stalwarts on there and you had the 12th pick of the draft. I had the eighth pick of the draft. And I mentioned on my podcast before I heard yours mm. that I would have rather had, you know, a first, second or third pick or, a, you know, 10, 11, 12 pick than yeah. an eighth. And you guys almost said kind of verbatim the opposite, right? That you'd almost kind of rather be in that middle area uh, versus the end. So it's kind of interesting where we yeah. ended up. But, but really quickly, man, just kind of, you know, run us through a couple of those uh, big picks because you did find some gold at the end. You had some yeah. big picks up, up, at the, uh, up at the front, and you're on that wheel there. So you can't always, uh, ca- can't always count on your guys being there and have to pick up value pretty much the entire draft. Yeah, dude, definitely. So, so uh, this is actually – and, Alex, I don't know if you're the same way. This is Chris talking here. Um, I've actually never had the 12th pick ever. I've never had the 12th pick. So it was actually a little different for us. Um, but, Sky, I mean, I, obviously I was a you know, pretty heavy listener – that's why we're, you know, we're in the, the, the listener league. 
Um, and so I listened to the way you sort of, you know, you thought about breaking down drafts, which obviously got me thinking about, you know, what if I did end up in sort of that latter half, um, which ended up being the case, right? And so when I was working with Alex um, to break down how we were going to draft, you know, we started thinking more about rather than the first level picks and more about, you know, what kind of value we can start getting at the back end. And to your point, like doubling up on the on the back end is actually pretty advantageous in some degree but then it does suck right like a first pick has to wait 24 picks to get through the end so we basically had to um you know it's actually pretty funny sky to even go back a bit further we ended up in the same boat as you and you broke this down and you said that you know you were you had guys queued up and you were getting sniped left and right right for guys that you wanted same thing happened with us and i feel like that happened throughout the entire draft for most of the guys um, and so, you know, we, we basically just had to find value when we could, but I do agree with you. We, I, I at least felt we did pretty well on the back end. Well, I mean, not going to lie. We, we struck gold at 12 considering the draft picks that we did have. Some, some of the guys definitely drafted players that we probably wouldn't have picked early. Like, you know, I wasn't a fan of the Todd Gurley pick so soon. Tyreek Hill. The Tyreek Hill pick so Odell. soon. Odell pick so soon. Like, for example, Julio Jones fell into our lap. I know he didn't have the and best day. And Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you know, we're pretty surprised that both of those guys were our first two picks off the board. So just to kind of give people a heads up as to where we started to pick, we ended up getting Julio and Le'Veon Bell straight off the bat. And that was, you know, that kind of set us up for, for a pretty decent night. Absolutely. And that was a great start for you guys, for sure. And, um, you know, again, at the eighth pick, I was kind of stuck, you know, it was the way that the draft fell. I felt that, you know, um, Devonte Adams was the best option. So I picked him. Obviously, it didn't work out in week one, but I'm excited about that. But being in the middle, man, I just I just don't like the middle. I like to either set the tone or yeah. kind of end around. And I would much rather be at the 12th pick to pick back to back. And honestly, I remember kind of messaging in the, in the chat forum uh, throughout the draft, kind of being like, Hey, nice pick commission, nice pick commission. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's my, that's my guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. there was a, there was, there was a handful sure. in there where, um, you know, I was just, I was just, uh, I was getting sniped left and right, but you know what, that, um, that's just kind of kudos to the league players that we have in this league, Definitely. you know, Definitely. Yep. and, and yep. I'm really, I'm really excited about the group of, of, uh, you know, players that we have in this uh, TCK pod listener league. Um, you know, everybody reached out to me and again, I appreciate all the submissions and all the positive and, uh, constructive criticism, um, and positive feedback, but it's really indicative to just kind of the competitive nature of this league. And you mentioned it on your podcast. Like I did talk about how much, um, it was interesting and it was kind of challenging more so than I maybe thought it was going to be. Dude, I was sweating <laughs> during that draft. It was, it was not easy at all. It was not easy at all. Probably one of the tougher drafts I've been a part of. So exactly. And I had, a, I had many players up in my queue and, and there was, there was, there was times where I had to, you know, reach for a certain position, like, you know, one pick in particular that I just am still not stoked on uh, was Zach Ertz in the third round. And yeah. I only picked him because it was the eighth pick in the third round, which is value. So I feel I did, like I feel but. like I feel like you kind of just going back to a lot of and let me know if this is true or not, but I feel like you picked him because you like Dallas Goddard so much. I think you wanted that handcuff subconsciously. <laughs> that's well, that's exactly what it is. And to be honest with you, again, it's a lot of value. And if Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz, I've cool. got him in the third round, and that's cool. Right. But uh at the same time, like I'm you know, if you're listening in on this podcast um i am definitely open to trading him uh because it's just like <laughs> i think i can find value elsewhere but when i was up i thought he was the best player available before the quarterbacks went yeah. out and so okay. that was kind of my that was my move it's not a bad pick at all 
he's, he's practically another wide receiver on, on the Eagles, but they just have so many weapons. Well, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at, though. You know, that's what I'm, con- that's what I'm concerned about. And, and, you know, you guys ended up with Deshaun Jackson, actually kept him on your bench. Uh, yeah. Thank goodness, because you would have beaten me by, you know, 60. <laughs> uh, but, you know, oh, well, you already beat me by 60, I guess. Let's make, by 100. let's make it 100, yeah. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, I guess it's just, you know, another, another weapon there. So Totally. What I want to do is, is for this podcast, I want to kick off um, and just kind of run down the league in week one, and I'll be doing this every single week, uh, and just kind of give a general recap of, of uh, who beat who, and um, then flip over to week two, and then we can kind of preview each other's teams, and then just you know talk with you guys on the second half of the episode about just you know some things that we're excited about from week one, uh, maybe yeah. some surprises. There were a lot, obviously, uh, sure. and then you know looking ahead to week two, what we can expect after a couple of injuries, um, after some position battles have uh, come to fruition here. So. Without any further ado, I'm just going to quickly kind of recap week one, and then uh, I'll get you guys feedback uh, once we start talking about our matchup specifically a little more in depth. So right off the bat, um, you guys did take me down. Uh, It was – oh, I guess I could throw out scores. Why not? We're in a full PPR league. Uh, This is two flex. Um, Everything else is pretty normal. We have a seven-person bench with an IR spot. Uh, 12-team full PPR. Uh, You guys got past me 200 to 135. Um, Drew Missick, the defending champion uh, from last year, back in the league, he had 152 to 138 over the People's Republic. And Lucas Kaser, uh, who you can hear on our previous podcast, who's been helping out with the website and been crushing it with the Start Sit articles. Make sure you check out his work on uh, tckpod.com. He got through, uh, der- dude, you're getting Odell, which I thought was an awesome <laughs> team name. 120, 123 to 112. Uh, Charlotte. Regular Nawa, uh, who is actually the uh, runner-up from last year, 180 uh, over Thielen Odell's Johnson uh, at uh, 87 points. So that's about a 100-point victory there. Uh, Nuke took a Duke, which I like. Um, <laughs> creative uh, team name there. Uh, 141 over the Para Prickly Pairs, 109. And then Pelkey Pelkey, 135 over Hyden Zeke, 107. So definitely some higher uh, – you know, positions and um, numbers totals there. I think anything in this league, about 130 to 150 is probably average per week, but you're always, of course, going to have, you know, people up in that 180 to 200 range, um, yeah. which is, which is quite impressive. So you guys had the kind of the, the, the biggest team on the week. So congratulations there. And again, it really comes down to just all of your guys showed up. You know? I mean, that, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't always, um, that doesn't always happen. So, Mm-hmm. Well done there. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to week two, and um, just kind of preview what we got coming up. So I'm actually playing Drew Misick, who is the defending champion this week, uh, and you guys are we got Nuke t- Nuke took a Duke. Nuke took a Duke. Awesome. <laughs> so um, before we get into week two, though, let's let's double back just a little bit here and and uh, go through our matchup, just because there was a couple, you know. Yeah. A couple of players for you guys that just just balled out. And um, for me, there wasn't much, so I'll get through it quickly. Dak Prescott had a great game, of course, which I expect more of. 404, I wasn't expecting, but I'll take no. it. No. Um, Dalvin <laughs> Cook looked great, which is fantastic. I'm really excited that he came out as sturdy as he was, uh, you know, I thought. So over 102 touchdowns um, is certainly realistic week in and week out, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. James White, not as much as I thought, just in the, in the game script. Uh, Rex Burkhead. 
came out of nowhere and had a huge game there. Devontae Adams, of course, didn't do much, just four for 36. Marvin Jones didn't do much. Zach Ertz as well. Uh, Matt Breida got banged up in the game actually took over for Tevin Coleman, who got hurt. Um, and uh, Matt Breida should be the guy this week, but uh, not much in this game. Cleveland got their ass kicked by Tennessee, which was very surprising to me. And um, Josh Gordon had a decent game. And then Robbie Gold is my kicker, had a decent game. But as I mentioned, Sammy Watkins on my bench with 46 points. <laughs> Michael Gallup with 22 and Tyrell Williams with 22 as well. So um, my bench almost scored more than my, uh, my <laughs> roster, but that's how it goes. Why don't you guys run down your roster here? Um, and really, I mean, everybody on your team yeah. uh, really, really came through this week. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so we have Drew Brees here, 24 points. Uh, our running backs, Le'Veon Bell uh, with 23, Josh Jacobs at 23, Robert Woods, 16 points, T.D. Westbrook, 14. Mark Andrews, uh, honestly, Sky, that was, you know, that pick that we ended up going with. It was pretty late actually we we took him I think you mentioned it might have been a bit early but I, I I was really kind of following your uh lead on that so we took Mark Andrews off of you essentially <laughs> so thank you for that yeah. 24 points 24 points total uh Julio Jones crazy crazy to say he ended up squeaking out a decent day I can't believe I'm saying that but Julio Jones with 15 points and then we had Austin Eckler you know in our last flex spot with you know 38 anybody who had Austin Eckler knows the game that he had so um, so that rounds out our, our position players. And then we went with uh, LA Rams defense at nine, nine points. And then uh, Greg, the leg 14 points. Uh, the real big person that we sort of kept in our bench here was Deshaun Jackson. Um, obviously had a great game with 35 points. Um, and then the last pick of our draft ended up being Randall Cobb. Um, I actually like, I like the Cowboys scenario. Um, I, I actually like Sky the way that you sort of position things in terms of, you know, it's not just about the player, but, but the situation that they're in. Um, I like Randall Cobb's talent. I always have anybody on Green Bay knows that, you know, he was essentially like a, you know, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and even though he's get, getting a bit older, I do like the situation over at Dallas, which is why we ended up going with Randall Cobb late. Um, so, yep, he ended up hit, putting up a good day. Uh, and I actually kind of foresee that happening throughout the rest of the year because Dallas seems to be just cranking. And again, you didn't play Deshaun Jackson, but I don't blame you. I mean, going into the week, he almost didn't play, right? I mean, he's got essentially yeah. a broken finger um, yep. And, yep. and still played. And, you know, I'm, for Deshaun Jackson's entire career, I've never been – I don't think I've ever drafted him uh, intentionally. Like, meaning, <laughs> like, I never targeted him ever in a draft. And that right. sounds ridiculous because of the career he's ended up having. But he's basically like Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill with yep. less consistency, in my opinion. Totally. Now – if the Eagles are going to continue to be this, you know, incredibly, you know, efficient down downfield passing team and Carson Wentz stays healthy and, you know, yada, yada, then like, yeah, he's, he's incredible. But if he doesn't catch two 50 yard touchdowns, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you're just not going to get it. Right. So, um, right. I mean, now where you're getting him late in drafts these years is great, but back in the day, man, he was going, you know, top yeah. of the heap and, and, he let you down more often than not. So um, congratulations, gentlemen. I want to be the first to uh, say that uh, I got smashed on the first week and uh, you know, thank I'm, you, sir. I'm you uh, ran into yeah. a train. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I ran into a train and, uh, and, and hopefully we, we meet again in uh, 12 weeks, 13 weeks yes, and uh, I can return the favor. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into, let's get into week two then uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, and obviously you guys are better at fantasy football, uh, than I am. So I would like to get your, <laughs> I would like to get your, uh, just your, your quick kind of, um, maybe two cents on my roster here, because I've got the defending champion who absolutely ran 
the league last year. He had Mahomes, um, Kamara, uh, Tyreek Hill for sure, um, Juju maybe. I think, I mean, he was just stacked last year. And this year he's off to a good start too. So um, yep. let's see if we can, we can, you know, get him. So I've got Dak Prescott. Um, he's my only quarterback uh, on this team. So that will remain unless he – you know, shit hits the fan, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, of course, I'm playing James White. I'm playing him as well. Devontae Adams, he's going to have another terrible matchup with Xavier Rhodes. I don't like that at all, but I can't see myself benching Devontae Adams ever, especially at home in a bounce back week. So um, that's going to happen. I slipped in Sammy Watkins, of course, with Tyreek Hill out. Zach Ertz, I've got to play. My only other tight end is Dallas Goddard, who, of course, is just not going to be Zach Ertz until uh, if and when he goes down. I threw in Josh Gordon, uh, which is kind of really the main question here I want to talk to you guys about in a second with Antonio Brown and how good the Patriots looked and everything else. And then uh, Tyrell Williams is really impressive. This was kind of a sit-and-wait approach. I actually almost put him in last minute for Matt Breida just because he is the number one all of a sudden. I just – frankly, I don't believe in Derek Carr. I still don't. Uh, I'm a Bay Area native. I've been watching the 49ers and Raiders closer than anybody else for – my entire life. And I just don't really believe in it. However, Tyra Williams looked great. And uh, so now that he is that bona fide number one and Derek Carr did look better than last year, I feel a little bit better about that. I picked up Houston's defense against Jacksonville. Um, I've got my man, Robbie gold. Uh, Cause I got to have one niner in there. Uh, but I do have Matt Breida on the bench who should be the, the for sure. Number one this week against the bungles. And um, Marvin Jones is Marvin Jones is the only other one that I'm considering um, against the Chargers. But let's go up to uh, Josh Gordon. He would be one of my flex. Do you guys yeah. feel that Josh Gordon is safe? Um, obviously, he's boom bust. If he didn't catch a touchdown last week, he's definitely a bust. Uh, AB comes to town, but the Patriots are the one team in the league I could definitely see setting the tone with Antonio Brown. And I'm not predicting he's going to have a zero or anything, but I could almost see him playing like half snaps to get used to the team and them like setting the tone with him and throwing him like three balls on purpose to like see how he handles it because sure. they're not going to fucking pepper him. That's just not what they do. They're right. never going to do it. Um, and honestly, I could see the Patriots being up about 40 to nothing by halftime against the uh, Miami Dolphins and, you know, half their starters probably won't even play. So yeah. how do you feel about Josh Gordon? Should I ride the train or do you think AB is going to come over the top and, and make him irrelevant? Um, I, I like Josh Gordon in, the, in that flex. Um, Brady has been looking to him often. Um, I mean, he did find the end zone, but I mean, that's still a good, um, a good spotlight for his stat. Um, I think with AB in the situation, I think he's going to take more coverage off of Gordon. Um, where, Ju- where Gordon more looks like Juju. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that A-B Juju situation. People are going to be highlighting A-B more, which leaves Gordon open one-on-one. Um, and I think it'll just leave a mis- uh, mismatch. Yeah, so I <laughs> I actually have a totally different take on this really? situation. Yeah. I <laughs> huh. So so just for your listeners, we so we're from New England, so we, we obviously follow the Patriots closely. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> so we follow the Patriots totally differently um, than most people. I know most people are sick of watching them win and get a B and <laughs> all that stuff. But sp- specifically to, to your Josh Gordon case, I actually think that, and I've seen this a few times where Tom Brady is going to be ranked in like the top three of quarterbacks this week because he's playing Miami. Uh, I don't know if anybody checked out the Russian stats against Miami this year, but, or sorry, last week uh, against Baltimore, 
But I think they had like seven people rushing the ball, including Robert Griffin, that, yeah. that they totaled like 254 yards. I know everyone's sort of all about um, Lamar Jackson in the passing game, but they ran all over Miami. And everybody sort of touted the Patriots as being a run-first offense this year, and obviously that didn't necessarily be the case with guys like Sony Michelle. Um, I, I see them just running the ball down Miami's throat next week. And so I can see Josh Gordon having a good game. I think Tom Brady's going to be fine no matter what. But I actually – I'm not as high on Josh Gordon against Miami as, as people might think, even with A.B. playing. I think, think next week is actually going to be a, a ground-and-pound game where Tom Brady will get his. I think Josh Gordon actually – might be a good option for you. So I'll, I would keep him there, Sky, to be fair. But I think actually this is going to be a heavy run game for the Patriots against Miami. To your point uh, with Lamar Jackson, he had three attempts rushing for six yards, you're right. which I think is just unbelievable because you're right. They put up you know over 200 yards rushing and Lamar Jackson wasn't any of that. Which right, yeah. is kind of like extra scary, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Because yeah, I don't he, know. He, yeah. No, yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't know if like the Ravens just you know all of a sudden their play calling just is un- incredible, or Miami is that bad, or you know <laughs> the combination of everything where even Lamar Jackson is throwing dimes this year, which I know you were you were kind of supporting um, in preseason. Yeah, absolutely. And okay, so I, I like the Josh Gordon uh, pick as well. And just for the record, um, I'm a. Uh, I'm a super baseball nerd as well, which we've we've put on the podcast a few times. I know a lot of fantasy football enthusiasts fucking hate baseball for some reason, so I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. But all I'm all I'm going to say, just to kind of like toot your guys' horn a little bit, is um, I, you know, I'm a big Red Sox fan just because of how dominant they've been my whole life, and I'm super into the old school Red Red Sox, Yastrzemski and and Ted Williams uh, cool. and everybody else. Word. But what I'm getting at is it's been fun to see the dominance of the Patriots. And I just respect greatness in sports in general. And the Celtics had their time. The Red Sox had their time and are having their time. And now the Patriots. And it's really just been – and and really the Bruins uh, at times as well. It's just been fun to see those Boston, uh, New England teams get it done. So I'm definitely not a Patriots hater by any means. Cool. Uh, Just just throwing that out there. Um, (laughs) And uh, so, so okay, I like the Josh Gordon. Obviously, I've got my boy James White. Here on the yeah. podcast, um, <laughs> I want to ask you about Tyrell Williams as well, and then we'll move on to your team. Um, I've got Matt Breida, Matt Breida on the bench, and Marvin Jones. Um, I need a non. Uh, I feel like I, I have, I have been the the conductor and the driver uh, of of the Matt Breida hype train this year, which all of a sudden is like the cool thing to do because he's number one and. I just don't want to be the one to pat myself on the back, but I've been saying this shit for four months and here we yeah. are. It's actually coming to fruition. <laughs> yeah. So I need a non 49er like perspective on the Matt Breida 49er backfield, Tevin Coleman situation. Do you guys think uh, he's worth my other flex there as the starter uh, now against the Bengals? Do you think he's going to get enough of work share or is my man Raheem Mostert going to cut into it a little too much? You know, it's interesting. We're both shaking our heads. No. And uh, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know about you, Alex, but I don't necessarily love the offensive situation with Jimmy Garoppolo over in San Francisco. Dude, can we get fucking Mullins in there or what? Yeah, dude, honestly, like, they're going to stack the box. It's weird because we had Jimmy G and he looked good (laughs) for the Patriots for the short time that he was here. And, you know, everyone was calling him the second coming. I don't know what's going on over there, man. Like, I mean, you're the San Francisco, (laughs) you're the 49ers guy. So, (laughs) bro, you know, I've been, I've been saying for your hair out, man. I've been saying for months, man, like Shanahan and Lynch are obviously not getting my emails. 
Yeah. I've been, I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been telling them what to do since April and they're not <laughs> responding. It's really Dude. frustrating. Dude, I've been, yeah. I, I started, a, I started a hashtag uh, kind of as a joke, but now it's becoming more of just like a, a fandom thing. And yeah. it's just hashtag my man Mullins. And <laughs> That's awesome. I, I kind of just like troll and I'm not much of a internet troll by any means. I don't really get into that bullshit, but yeah. when people super hype Garoppolo or whatever, I just, I fucking just comment hashtag my man Mullins. And it's hilarious because I've gotten 49er fans and non 49er fans who like, like, and comment like for real dude, like definitely Mullins. Oh. What the fuck? And it's just hilarious because yeah yeah you know I, I just like my whole thing is like we paid a shit ton of money for Garoppolo I didn't like the move when he came over we got McKinnon too which pissed me off because I kind of just yeah I hope I didn't jinx him too much but I kind of forethought exactly what's happening and you know Jimmy Garoppolo played like five games before he came over like what are we doing dude you know and yeah. and this kid Mullins <laughs> and I only pay attention because I'm a Niner fan but this kid Mullins broke all of Brett Favre's records in college Wild. Like this kid can clearly play yep. and he's he played pretty anyway. well last year when he, when Sorry, he was in. man, you get me all fired up <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, no, no, to your, to our point though, like to everything you were saying and, and to sort of be fair to your, your take on it, dude. Like I honestly, like I, I think your take on Matt Breed is correct, but ultimately it's like, you know, is he going to put up the fantasy value? I, I think until you can, until the 49ers can prove that their offensive scheme is going to work in Matt Breed's favor. I think you got to, I think you got to ride him on the, on the bench until, it, it's proven. I'm sure. a big, I'm a, I'm a big proof guy. I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, you know, I, I put it this way. I think I would rather take the L, uh, you know, from a, from a, a week where I sat a guy based on a good decision. I thought was a great decision at the time. Not because I, I was like, you know, questioning myself and I, I decided to like, you know, pull off this crazy concept that doesn't work out. Like I'd rather take an L off of a decision that I felt was the right decision, regardless of how I feel about the player. I hear you really quick. What are your thoughts about Marvin Jones at home versus the Chargers and Michael Gallup on the road versus Washington? Yeah, I like Gallup a lot. I like Gallup a lot. Yeah, I actually we're actually looking over here. I, I would I would almost consider Gallup over Tyrell Williams. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, I, I thought about that too. Um, and I don't really go by the the ESPN like projection thing. Like that doesn't make my decision all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, that's an ambiguous number. But uh, more so, I was thinking in Gallup's favor. Uh, first of all, I, Amari Cooper's still hurt. He looked good this week, but this plantar fasciitis shit is going to like come up randomly, every day. right? Every like day. dude, every day. I, I had it a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, and literally it would like three weeks would go by and I would forget that I had it. And then I would get up to, <laughs> yep. you know, get, get up out of bed and it would drop me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm really yeah. worried about that. Um, but Josh Norman uh, should be, on Amari Cooper and most likely will be, uh, right. which would make me think that, that Michael Gallup is probably going to be uh, maybe getting a lion's share there. So we'll see, but they're on the road. Um, Dak is, you know, I think Dak could run a little bit more and they're going to start riding Zeke much more than they did last week eventually. So yep. um, cool. Okay. Well, I'm, I think I'm set. Um, I might do a switch there with Tyrell Williams, but otherwise I feel good about it. Let's uh, flip over to your team and I will turn the mic to you guys and let's uh, let's through, let's run through, your side, um, bringing up your team here. A uh, nuke took a duke. That's amazing. Um, so he <laughs> he's does a, not. He's at an empty. He's at an empty spot on the tight end section. So well, Hunter Hunter Henry was his tight end. I right. and and I'm not really one for like breaking news on these podcasts because by the time I drop shit, a lot of times it's old news, and I don't drop them frequently enough to do breaking news stuff because it's just not breaking by the time people hear shit from me. But I will mention um, if you know this is dropping. Uh, 
Thursday morning, if it's the first you're hearing that Hunter Henry, unfortunately, um, has been injured again uh, with a fracture in his knee on his other knee, um, and he's looking to you know miss four to six weeks at least, uh, unfortunately. So he is out of this lineup right now, um, and it looks like he does not have another tight end on his roster that I'm seeing. So he'll obviously yeah. be picking somebody up. So obviously the projection will change a little bit, but let's run through uh, let's run through your roster, and I'll turn it over to you guys. Cool. Yeah. So we're gonna we're really gonna stick to the same lineup that we had last week. Um, obviously, we had a great week, so we're not gonna we're not gonna change much if it's you know not broken, don't fix it. So, um, you know, obviously, we'll go with Breeze at QB. Um, actually, I'll get into him in a second. Um, but but uh, Breeze at QB for now. <laughs> I'll say that uh, we have Le'Veon Bell, Josh Jacobs in our, our running back spots, um, Julio Jones and Robert Woods in our wide receiver spots. We're gonna monitor Julio. I know he's at that wrist problem right now, um, so we just gotta keep keep on. Um, you know, essentially the news with, with him, uh, Mark Andrews, obviously in our tight end position, Austin Eckler. The one switch that we made from last week is we switched out D.D. Westbrook into Sean Jackson for pretty obvious reasons. I think Sean Jackson has uh, pretty good upside. He's obviously starting to prove himself uh, again um, in Philadelphia. Um, and it seems like him and Carson Wentz already have some good chemistry. And uh, obviously the, uh, it's weirdly enough, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, defense. I couldn't tell if they were terrible or what was going on there, but you know, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins threw for like uh, what ten attempts for like ninety eight yards, and they still put up a pretty good game overall. I know Dalvin Cook had a lot to do with that, um, but even still, obviously the Philadelphia Eagles offense um, is good. So you, you know, we're gonna roll with Jackson. Hopefully, we get some good upside there. Um, and and for again obvious reasons why we're, we're setting D.D. Westbrook. I like D.D. West. Westbrook actually a lot as a as a wide receiver, but Nick Foles not being there, um, you know, it, it's just a little bit uncertain. Right. And uh, how do you guys feel about Breeze? Let's, let's get right to it. I mean, you got Josh Allen on the bench so that's, uh, facing, facing, you know, he's at, uh, at the, the Giants. Um, but Breeze and the Rams in a shootout, obviously there's some terrible blood uh, between the Rams and the Saints from last year's <laughs> debacle that we don't need to get into. But uh, nonetheless, man, it's going to be a shootout and Breeze generally shows up for the games that he needs to. Go ahead, Alex. I mean, I know, I know you were considering on playing Josh Allen. <laughs> I mean, so me and Eric, the other host, were going to punch him in the face because he actually considered benching Drew Brees um, in a game that they're considering that's going to be 90 points plus. Um, it is, it is going to be a shootout. Can I make a case for it? No, you can't. Um, <laughs> no, you can't. Um, Drew Brees is going to have like three touchdowns. I'm going to say like three, 350 yards. Probably a pick. Well – my my only case is I feel like in these types of these types of games I, I don't even know where that that line of ninety is coming from. They only scored collectively like forty nine points last year total between the two of them. And the NFC Championship was twenty six twenty three. Breeze had an okay day fantasy wise. I mean, obviously no one's playing in the NFC Championship fantasy wise, but he went you know two forty nine, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, you know QBR was sixty total. How many completions? He was 26 for 40, but we don't count completions in this league. True. So so my my argument is Josh Allen's playing the New York Giants. Sky, I know that you were sort of high on picking them up off of waivers, but they weren't really good against Dak. I don't know how great they're going to be on the road. Um, they're, oh, sorry, sorry, no, wait. The Bills are on the road, right? Uh, yes, the Bills sorry, are on the road but, in New York. Yeah, okay, f- fair enough. Um, so, so the Giants are obviously at home. But even still, I mean, I have never been sold in their defense I don't know. I just feel like I feel like with uh, with his weapons that he has now and his running ability, even with some of the terrible throws he made last week, I feel like he could have a great game against the Giants. You want to talk weapons? What are you talking about? The Saints. 
I just like I just like the Rams defense. Drew Brees got nothing but weapons. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll hash that out. But I mean, I guess Sky, what's your thought on that? <laughs> so, so let me let me uh, let me throw this out here. So I'm going to look at last year. So the the NFC Championship game, right, uh, was lower scoring as you mentioned. But in November, when they played the first time, it was 45-35 in New Orleans. Um, when the uh, when they you know obviously they scored 80 points. Um, yeah, Drew 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 Brees. Four. Drew Brees had three forty-six and four touchdowns in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on the other side, Goff had three ninety-one and three. Todd Gurley, just to throw that out there, had sixty-eight yards. He did have a touchdown, um, but not much in that game there. I think that was kind of the the beginning of the the downfall yeah, for there. Todd Gurley a little bit. Sure. Um, now. Honestly, I would probably stick with Drew Brees even on the road. The issue is, though, the, the, the case for Allen, I think, would be they're both on the road, so I trust Drew Brees more in general. But, but Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Big Ben, uh, Jared Goff, to a certain extent these days, um, is starting to have the road, home road splits are pretty tremendous, to be honest. So um, if, you know, if it were me, I would go with Drew Brees because I just see it being a shootout no matter what. Um, and they're not going to just be able to just run the ball consistently. I mean, I think he could get two or three touchdowns um, and maybe one or two picks, you know, because of that pass rush and whatever. But if Goff, you know, the Rams are going to light it up at home. Uh, and they played yeah. kind of a lackluster game last week. So I think they're going to turn it up a little bit. And because of that, I see um, I see Brees as a, as a good – a good opportunity there where Josh Allen, I think, is still kind of budding as a quarterback and is a great backup for you guys, by the way. Um, a streamer, and if anything happens to Breeze, then fine. Uh, yeah, totally. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, agree it, I, I agree with you, actually. Sorry not to cut you off, but just to, just to make that, that point drive a little home, the, case, the, the best case that I, that I could see for Breeze, um, and I kind of weigh every option, so I don't mean to just go all in on Josh Allen. Obviously, it's not the case. The best case for Breeze that I have – to make is that it actually will be a shootout. Jared Goff, obviously his home splits are just phenomenal. So, um, you know, he, he could potentially ball out and we obviously already know what would happen if that's the case. I mean, Breeze, obviously they're not going to run the ball. So. No, absolutely not. And, and again, I mean, they, they can, but I don't think that's going to, that's not going to be their focal point. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be in a shootout. Um, Okay. Let's move down the list here. Uh, You know, Bell. um, Yep. You know, Lev's Lev. That's fine. Uh, not a not a huge game last week. Actually, he just had his receiving touchdown, and and uh, you know the Browns should sober up eventually. But they're on the road here, so we'll see what we'll see what happens with them. Josh yeah. Jacobs, man, definitely a, a kid in the league that I'm just pulling for on a human level. Um, so pretty stoked for him. He looked great uh, with um, the Raiders against the Broncos last week and that should be another shootout um in oakland uh, on that baseball diamond which is just hilarious that they still do that <laughs> uh julio jones and robert woods are automatics um mark andrews of course eckler at this point automatic you got d in there that makes sense i mean r- your roster is really dialed um yeah i don't think i wouldn't make any switches here uh philip Lindsay is somebody that lucas and i talked about on the previous podcast about a sell high um, candidate, which he's not even, you're not even selling him that high. It's a matter of just selling him uh, because yeah. of the name. And I know you guys mentioned during the podcast um, when your podcast, when you were talking about um, potentially trading at the time, Antonio Brown or Philip Lindsay, and you had a, you know, quite the dialogue back and forth about it. Um, what you had mentioned though, uh, Alex, I think you had mentioned that he was your, your fourth yeah. um, running back, which, which again, 
to have Philip Lindsay as your fourth running back, you guys fucking smash your draft is what I'm trying to talk. Um, because, you know, having uh, Julio Jones and um, Robert Woods as your two receivers and then Philip Lindsay as your fourth running back and then Eckler even deeper than that, um, you guys have a really, really stacked team. So to be honest with you, man, I, I just – you know, I'm not really one to create content if it doesn't need to be created. And to totally be honest am. with you, I think I think you guys are pretty dialed up. Uh, his team, of course, is going to get a little more full when he finds a tight end, whoever it is. But you're going up against Cam Newton, David Johnson, Nick Chubb. I expect a bounce back from Chubb for sure. Uh, Larry Fitz, who looked fucking incredible um, in week one, which was which was awesome. What was that? He doesn't age. He doesn't age. No, he looked he looked amazing, and obviously he just needs a real quarterback and an offensive scheme. So I just yep. feel bad that I feel like he lost the last five years on shitty teams. Um, Devontae Parker, which that'll be interesting, um, a tight end <laughs> eventually. Chris Carson, uh, who looked great. Marlon Mack, who is leading the league in rushing by far right now. Um, so that should be a nice game as well. But they are playing at Tennessee and at Pittsburgh. So I think you're kind of running into another buzzkill potentially uh, this week just with his matchups and everything else. Um, I've been pretty vocal about my disbelief in Cam Newton. Uh, yeah. He may be able to bounce back a little bit against the Bucks, but um, yeah, I can see. Really I can see yeah, I can see Cam making a bounce back game, but I don't think it'll be enough uh, for for or you know to put smiles on people's faces. Let's say. I mean, if I was him, I would I would play golf. Hundred percent. I I hate. I'm a, I don't like Cam Newton at all. Um, he misses guys. Throws the ball 100 miles an hour, five yards away. It drives <laughs> me absolutely bananas. It, he, he, his accuracy drives me nuts. Jared Goff. I mean, I think has better weapons. I mean, Cam Newton obviously has uh, Christian McCaffrey that he relies on more, but Jared Goff just has a lot more weapons where you can just do uh, one, two, three check down um, if he really wants to. How about um, this one? Uh, he's got he's got AB on the bench who we just picked up. Um, I assume that he just hasn't updated his roster because I can't imagine he wouldn't play Antonio Brown against the uh, Dolphins. But uh, I mean, he's got Antonio Brown for Devonte Parker. There, I mean, there's no way you don't make that choice. So I, I can't imagine yeah. he's updated his roster. Clearly, he's got uh, Hunter Henry out of the lineup, so he made that switch at least. But. Um, yeah, you know, we shall yeah. see. But you know, again, the whole thing about this listener league breakdown is like we're not going to go through each matchup necessarily. Um, but you know, this is this is a time where I want people to reach out to us, reach out to me, and you know, ask those start sit questions, ask those keep trade cut questions, and then I'm going to bring them up on this episode moving forward. Um, you know, our our guy in our league who had Antonio Brown was trying to shop him around all week, trying yep. to figure shit out. Now this is he was shopping him before he went to New England. Then he went to New England and kind of reshopped him. And now we've got this other allegation shit, which I'm just not going to get into because we don't know what's going on and I don't fabricate shit on the podcast. So I'm yep. not going to talk about it until it happens. But there's just more stuff going on with Antonio Brown, right? So yeah, it's it's just interesting how these leagues unfold. So please, as I always am, am uh, open arms and open ears to all the questions and things, like I really want to open up the TCK Pod Listener League participants specifically to this podcast that's going to drop every single Thursday. And I want to make sure I'm, I'm, uh, you know, lending my time to the participants in the league. Uh, so if you have those questions about trading, you have a, you know, waiver pickups, whatever, make sure you check out Lucas's article, uh, of course, on, on our website, but you can see my rankings as well. And furthermore, you can, uh, kind of, you know, get, from the horse's mouth and I'm happy to break down your situation there. So best of luck to you guys. Um, Dude, appreciate it, man. 
Yeah, we're gonna take a we're gonna take just a quick break. I'm gonna keep you guys on the line just a little bit longer. I'm gonna take a quick break here, and then on the back half of the episode, I just want to talk about uh, a handful of players, and um, we'll keep moving. Awesome, sounds good. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to follow us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod. On Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Of course, please leave a rate and review as well on the podcast wherever you are listening. And make sure to check out our new website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings, start sit articles from myself and Lucas, and you can find much more on the website as it builds over the season. Also, another reminder please go listen to our guest today, Chris and Alex. And subscribe to the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast and follow them on Instagram and Twitter at the Commish FFP. That's at the Commish FFP. Before we get into the second half of this episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor's the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's Anchor. .fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Let's uh, get into a couple more players. Um, I just want to kind of run over some names. Like there was a lot of surprises, right, in week one, and there's yep. going to be even more in week two, and you know how fantasy football just kind of steamrolls. But I want everybody to just kind of understand what is going on uh, in fantasy football in week one. Okay, last year, Amari Cooper, after week one, was wide receiver number 77. Okay, let's let's not panic too much. Um, there are always going to be huge performances in week one. There's always going to be duds. Devontae Adams is probably going to score more than seven fantasy points in most of the rest of his games. I'm sure we're going to be okay moving forward. But I want to pick your guys' brain really quick on just a handful of big surprises. Um, we'll just go position by position on who you were really surprised with, either positively or negatively. And then yeah. after that, who you're looking forward to in week two to see if it if it remains or if they bounce back. So we'll start with the quarterbacks really quick. We'll just go down the line, and I want to pick your guys' brains. Who of the quarterbacks, maybe two or three guys, were you really surprised with either positively or negatively? Yeah, so I'll, I'll jump right into this one. I, that's a guy off the top of my head here. 
Mitch Trubisky. I have him in my other league. We play a two QB system. It's kind of a QB premium league. And uh, I was feeling really good about him going into the year. And I think he had obviously had a terrible game. Um, but I made the case on the other podcast. Uh, I think it was like episode 11 or 12 or something. Basically, my, my case guy was it seemed like the offensive scheme is actually what hurt Mitch Trubisky, not necessarily Mitch Trubisky. I know that you know, he definitely missed throws. He had that late pick. That was terrible. Um, Thursday night game, you know, it was sort of a short week. Um, but, but most importantly, it seemed as if uh, it seemed as if they didn't have their running back situation straightened out. Like, for example, we, we had a guest on that talked about it as being, you know, running back by committee, which it seems like that's going to be the case for the majority of the year. I hope Montgomery gets in there at some point. But it's, I just felt like week one, they, they were having running back tryouts. And that's, you know, and it was, it was almost worse than running back by committee. I don't see that continuing to happen. I, I'm feeling, I'm still, I'm still riding with Mitch Trubisky, at least at this point. Um, but I actually think he was my biggest surprise. I mean, he looked stiff. I don't know that their offense looked great. I think the, 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 the biggest upside was, was you know, uh, I would say his chemistry with, um, with Robinson. So, yeah, I mean, negatively speaking, it was definitely Mitch, Mitch Trubisky for me. And then I think, obviously, everyone was really surprised by, by two quarterbacks, uh, Lamar Jackson and Andy Dalton. Um, so, I, I really dug into Lamar Jackson the last podcast that we had. Um, just based off his um, performances last year, he was missing wide receivers in, with five yards, ten yards, not hitting them in the chest or leading them on the money. Um, but I mean, he had a perfect quarterback rating the yeah. last, like no one would have ever thought that he would look this, <laughs> no one ever thought he would look this good without running the ball. Yeah. You know, when you have five, uh, throwing touchdowns, no, you're not going to expect that. You're going to expect him to probably have, you know, one, one throwing touchdown and two, uh, two running the ball. You know what I mean? But 324 passing yards, five touchdowns, 17 completions. He looks phenomenal. I also think it's – and to, to Alex's point, I actually think this is going to be consistent. I, so? I do too. Yeah, I, obviously not perfect QB rating, but I do think he'll be consistent. He may be my words. Yeah. So, no, I, of- I, agree, I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. I'm going to throw a couple names out there. I was definitely surprised in a good way uh, just to see Dak come through the way that he did. Again, I wasn't expecting 404, but I've been kind of repping Dak. He made it into my top 12 by the end of the, uh, the preseason for draft season. I scooped him up late in a lot of leagues. He was my favorite late-round QB. I was stoked on that. And then uh, just on the bummer side, man, um, Big Ben, uh, that's a, lo- a lot of that has to do with the Patriots just – completely owning the Steelers for the last 15 years. Um, but Juju also had a toe issue. Um, but frankly, just Big Ben didn't look good. And yep. uh, I am concerned about that. So um, those are the quarterbacks, kind of good and bad. Let's move over to the, to the uh, running backs as well and just give me a couple names that you were um, excited about and uh, maybe disappointed with as well. So I was excited about two guys, Mark Ingram, big yeah, fan absolutely. of Mark Ingram this year. He looked like he was running with some aggression, um, Sky, I know you talked about that, you know, he has a purpose to run in a sense, you know, with the fact of how essentially the situation ended in New Orleans. He basically did that, right? Um, so really excited about him. I, I know that, I know that, it, you know, they're saying they're going to go with the hot hand, but man, if he keeps running this way, it, it's not going to go, it's not going to be hot hand anymore. I'm sorry. It'll be Mark Ingram's backfield to lose essentially. Um, also pumped about Josh Jacobs. I, you know, look, they had a crazy situation obviously happened to them in Oakland. I was, I'm pulling for Oakland. Um, just as a franchise and what they had to deal with with AB. I know, obviously, being a Pats fan, where hopefully everything works out with AB, but, I, you know, obviously you can't not like a talent like his. So as a player, I like him. 
Um, but in general, I'm, I'm really pulling for the Oakland Raiders franchise. I really hope they have a good season. I actually think they're off to a great start, and Josh Jacobs is going to help them get there. So pump for Josh Jacobs. Great. Alex, how about you? Um, I liked Austin Eckler. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I bet know. you did. We also, had, we also had him. So, <laughs> well, I mean, he has a lot. He has a lot of weight on his shoulders, considering that he's um, taking the backfield of Melvin Gordon. And to be honest, if you keep set up like this, Melvin Gordon's not going to find a spot. I'm with you, bro. Gonna, I'm with you on that. I think he's going to be traded somewhere else. Um, he looked phenomenal coming out of the backfield, um, catching the ball, running the ball. I, I, I think it's his position to lose now. I think. I mean, what is it, Jackson? Yeah, Jackson, the back, the backup. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to find his touches here and there, but Austin Eckler is going to find the bulk of, of those carries. I was really excited to see Dalvin Cook, as I mentioned earlier, just to see yep. his health. You know, yep. over 100 yards, two, two touchdowns. He looked really good. Disappointed in Nick Chubb for sure. James Conner, definitely disappointed in that situation. Really stoked on Chris Carson. Uh, that mm-hmm. is not. That is also something that is not going to be a, a backfield by committee. Mm-hmm. Chris Carson's a fucking animal. Um, yep. And if he stays uh, healthy and catching the ball, um, he will be just fine there. And then a uh, shout out to Marlon Mack um, as well, really stepping up. Uh, the Colts offense looks pretty good. And they're not Andrew Luck led, obviously. Um, but Marlon Mack is really uh, behind that offensive line, man. They're fucking nasty. On the road versus Tennessee this week, I've actually got him down to uh, running back 18, which is kind of ridiculous after the week that he had last year or last week. He's leading the league in rushing, but that Tennessee defense is legit and they're at home. Um, disappointment in carry on Johnson for sure. Uh, just yeah. 13, t- 13 touches that didn't really do much. Um, not liking that at all the the Lions threw the ball 45 times which is really interesting I thought they were going to be run heavy they certainly weren't in this game against the Cardinals that was interesting there and uh, keep an eye on Gio Bernard Um, if anything really happens to Joe Mixon he misses serious time Uh, Gio Bernard is is definitely an RB2 automatically at least uh, with with Mixon out let's get over to the receivers as well Um, and uh, give me a couple guys that you were excited about and disappointed about with the receivers and this, Alex, I'll go. All right. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you have guys like John Ross who had incredible games. Um, but actually, you know who I who I was found really interesting was Danny Amendola from from, uh, nice. from Detroit. Uh, the reason being, and, and I think he's sort of overlooked there with with the weapons that they have in Detroit. But I want to sort of give. I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's you know it, it's it's that New England Patriots angle in a sense. Um, He's obviously now with Matt Patricia, right, who was obviously the defensive coordinator under Bill Belichick, but he knows the reliability of Danny Amendola coming from, uh, coming from the Patriots. Um, just to give people a sense as to actually how reliable Danny Amendola is, we used to call him playoff Amendola here in New England because of that stretch that he had in, uh, in yeah, playoff Dola in, uh, in 2017 when Edelman was out. So he was effectively Julian Edelman for an entire season. I can see that actually being his role uh, for basically the entire season under Detroit. And I think he's actually going to sort of rejuvenate and help Matt Stafford uh, moving forward. So the carry on Johnson thing is interesting. I, it'll be funny or not funny, but I think it'll be interesting to see how his role ultimately is uh, positioned, let's say, um, with, with the weapons that Matt Stafford has now. They seem like a rejuvenated passing offense. Yeah, I agree. Right. Um, for me, um, I'm going to have to go with Devontae Adams. So the Green Bay game, even though Chicago's defense was unreal, I mean, granted, they did win the game. Um, it didn't seem like a Aaron Rodgers-esque type game. 
He seemed off. He didn't have um, a lot of time to throw the ball. I get that, but their, their offensive play calls, it was just it was just weird to me. I was watching the game, like, why, why are they running those plays on third and ten or second and ten? They're, they're rushing the ball, not getting any yardage off of it. Uh, Devontae Adams, he's having triple coverage, for God's sake. Um, but I think, I think they're going to find their rhythm. I think he's going to find Devontae Adams more, um, probably get him off to a quick start, do some screens, some quick slants, um, some hooks. I think I think they're going to try and get him into a, a quick start. What is he playing, the Vikings? Um, yeah. Xavier Rhodes, is, is he uh, back? I know he limped off the field last game. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know right now, he's in. Uh, if, there's a, if there's a report that he's not playing, then I need to know that immediately. <laughs> um, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just double-check while you're talking. I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think they're going to try and get Devontae Adams off to a quick start because they the Green Bay Packers started off really slow. Yeah, they, they were opinion. running a lot of bunch sets. It was kind of interesting the way the way that exactly yep. they weren't they weren't really airing out Aaron Rodgers, which is interesting. So yeah. kind kind of in a similar way that the New York Giants weren't featuring Saquon Barkley, the the Packers didn't feature their two best offensive weapons, which yeah. is Aaron Rodgers and. Devontae Adams. That's obviously going to change. I think they were doing that because they were trying to fill out the Bears' defense. So, <laughs> so. But yeah. I, mean, well, well, I even said it to you. What we're eating? I'm like, why? Why are they? They're doing bunch formations close to the line. They're bringing everybody, literally everybody in the box. Yeah. Devontae Adams has nowhere to go. Yeah. He has, he has no wiggle room to run. So. I was like, it was driving me absolutely bananas. Yep. I'm, I'm with you, man. It was quite frustrating. I've, I've got him in a, in a couple of leagues and I had a, or I have uh Devontae Adams is my number one receiver on the season. Um, and obviously that looks like shit after fucking new Hopkins is just an <laughs> absolute, up. absolute savage. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Sammy Watkins. Of course, um, even before Tyreek Hill went out, Sammy Watkins was already beasting and he continued for almost a hundred, uh, 200 yards and three touchdowns. I love to see that. Uh, definitely a bummer game between uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans, um, Stefan Diggs, uh, you know, a handful of guys that you're really counting on Brandon cooks. Uh, all those guys kind of let you down. Um, you know, Julio will be just fine. If he didn't catch that touchdown, though, he definitely would have let you down there. Yep, tough game there. Um, and then and a little bit down the list, you know, Michael Gallup played really well, as you we mentioned already. Calvin Ridley uh, got his touchdown late to kind of um, separate. And then Allen Robinson and Larry Fitzgerald, man, really, really yeah. impressed me this weekend. Um, really, totally I, agree. I kind, of, I kind of gave up on Allen Robinson um, last year. He just looked like shit last year. He was still coming off the torn ACL. Uh, yep. He just didn't look good, and it was a new offense and all this other shit. Damn, he looked really <laughs> good on Thursday. He looked really good on Thursday night um, against a pretty decent uh, Packers defense. Um, yeah. And uh, Larry Fitz again, dude, just you know, two or three incredible diving catches uh, that he's been making in the league for literally like fifteen years. So very, very impressed with Larry Fitz, of course. Um, and uh, you know, Djax just doing what he does. Let's slide over to the tight ends, and then uh, we'll get out of here. So Word. a couple tight hey, Scott, ends. Scott, um, actually, one, yeah. one, sorry, one, one question on, on the wide receiver end, dude. I, sure. I had, had to ask you, dude, what's up with Dante Pettis? Uh, what's up with Dante Pettis? Well, uh, <laughs> unfortunately for Dante Pettis, two rookies are better than he is, and he's just not, he, he, he's not going to get it done. So here's the problem. Dante Pettis, I've actually watched very closely for a handful of years. Um, I'm, I talk about this all the time on the podcast, but uh, for your listeners, um, I'm, a, I, I'm a, a Duck alum, I guess you would say. Um, you know, I live in uh, Eugene, Oregon, which is Ducktown and um, Pac-12. So I watch a lot of uh, 
Washington Husky games, which is John Ross, uh, but it's also Dante Pettis. And Dante Pettis uh, was absolutely incredible in college. Um, and I was excited when the Niners drafted him a couple of years ago, uh, kind of a utility guy. And then he became kind of that number one receiver when Marquise Goodwin had some uh, family issues last year and uh, Garcon got hurt and everybody else faded away. He looked really good down the stretch. The problem is he can't stay healthy, one. Number two, he's, he's got a very small body for a receiver. And number three, I just don't think he's got the command ability to control a game to be a number one. And for some reason, Shanahan, who I think is an excellent coach and trying not to be 49er biased, but I just think Shanahan's a great coach. Uh, he's putting a lot of pressure, I think, on – uh, Dante Pettis to be somebody he isn't I think Dante Pettis is an awesome like second third receiver who's going to be better than most other second third receivers but they're putting him in a position to have to be the number one and I just don't think he's that guy um, they started the preseason with him being the number one guy and then they fucking knocked him down the tier and then they drafted two in my opinion beastly uh, receivers and Debo, Debo Samuel and uh, Jalen Hurd. I think both those guys are fucking amazing yeah. uh, personally, and they'll have their time eventually. Um, but what does that tell you about Dante Pettis, right? That's no real faith in yep. him if they're going to do that. They still have Marquise Goodwin. Um, honestly, man, it, it's it's tough to watch because he had two snaps last week and clearly didn't do shit. Um, and, uh, you know, moving forward, he'll get better games but not looking good, man, especially when they had him as the number one. They took him out of that slot. They tried to put him back in it. Like, they got to yeah. let this kid kind of develop and, and you know, be that number one. Also, again, I'm not going to spend another soapbox on Jimmy G, but I just don't think that he is <laughs> he is not yet ready to give his receivers that, that um, ultimate yeah. opportunity. So it's a lot of it has to do with Dante Pettis. A lot of it has to do with the team pressure and a lot of it has to do with Jimmy G right now. So unfortunately that's a long winded answer to say, I have no fucking clue. And uh, it's really disappointing. <laughs> it's disappointing yeah. as a 49er fan, but it's more disappointing as a, a, a fantasy player who most people were drafting him in like the sixth, seventh round. Dude, by dude, 40, summer. Yeah. 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 40, 43%. So we, we, we have Yahoo in our other league, 43% owned. In Yahoo, like, and, and by the way, that's down 23% at the start of the week. So he was owned by more than like, you know, up to 70, upwards of 75 to 70% of people. It's like, it's like, man, what a, you know, kind of a bust in a sense. It's like, you know, get off that train quicker. It seems like. Yep. Yeah. So unfortunately I, you know, took a long time to, to not answer your question, but it, it's just, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure to be honest with you. And uh, I ranked my top um, 36 receivers for this week and Dante Pettis is not one of them. Fair. Fair enough. Let's get into the tight ends real quick, and then we will scoot uh, tight ends that uh, surprised and some that disappointed you. Yeah, I was obviously surprised about Mark Andrews and how well they utilized him. Uh, you know, Scott, you probably weren't surprised. Um, you know, that, that was part of, part of their game plan. So uh, Mark Andrews, obviously, very well. I was very um, pleasantly – it's going to sound terrible – pleasantly disappointed because I don't have him on any of my leagues was O.J. Howard um, and actually the entire – bulk of the the offensive situation over at um over in tampa bay so you know until i honestly feel until Jameis winston gets it together i think oj howard is going to suffer from a fantasy standpoint um i actually ended up taking evan ingram um so i feel good about my tight end situation right now obviously anybody who has Evan ingram feels really good today um but then uh you know so, so i think those are the top two scenarios in my head and obviously i think uh tj hawkinson over in uh, detroit so yep Honestly, you took mine with T.J. Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson, yeah. He has an absolute beast. He's, he's incredible. 
<laughs> Don't forget about Darren Waller, who absolutely yeah. slam danced. And I know that you guys were yeah. fast asleep, probably fucking waking up for breakfast <laughs> by the time that goddamn Raider game played. Yeah. But but West Coast, you know, watching them at uh, what it would be fuck 1 a.m eastern probably uh by the time that game ended um they uh darren waller's a beast dude he's the real deal he looks like a a massive receiver um super athletic uh car was targeting him all over the place um and he you know he's really getting his first legit work this year so i think he's going to be jared cook and then some to be honest with you so he's he's kind of he is my top waiver waiver uh, pick at tight end over Hawkinson actually um, only because I think there are more options eventually in the Lions offense but um, yeah Hawkinson was very impressive as well especially as a rookie there so that'll wrap it up for the kind of the impressive players and disappointing players and again guys I appreciate the long episode um, we're gonna get out of here for this week but hopefully we can get you back on uh, to do this uh, maybe even weekly uh, we'll figure yeah, out what the schedule is provide I know you guys are three hours ahead of me so it's almost tomorrow but I appreciate you guys time <laughs> um, and energy here with the podcast and again big up and respect appreciation for joining the listener league and uh, also uh, you know throwing some uh, some shout outs on your own podcast so uh, once again I'm gonna give you guys kind of a minute uh, to represent what you're bringing um, and what exactly you're trying to do with your brand too. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you and then uh, we will get out of here. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, listen, we really appreciate, um, you know, I, it's funny because one of the things that I wrote to you when we first, you know, sort of, um, or at least I, you know, submitted to uh, to be in the pod listeners league was uh, your love of Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I'm a big Gary V guy. Actually, oh one of my God. best friends works, one of my best friends works for VaynerMedia. Whoa, um, for real? Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got the job this year. Um, oh, so- man. Yeah, it works with Gary. Um, so we've been sort of on the Gary V train for a long, long time. I think anybody who knows Gary V understands, uh, you know, sort of the support that he gets from from you know people who like to grind it out and do cool things. So, um, so that, that that was definitely one of the things that sort of drew me to you. Um, so definitely appreciate the collaboration. I think that's one of the things that he always talks about is collab uh, collabing on projects like this. So you know, for us to do this is, is incredible. Um, so yeah, the podcast that we run, it's the first year we're doing it. I think really what we wanted to uh, sort of accomplish were, were sort of two things. The first, obviously talk about player value, similar, similarly Sky to the way you're doing it. Um, you know, give our takes, give our opinions, give our thoughts. We also run um, a defensive player league. So we have another level of, you know, sort of a niche market of people who want to, you know, sort of talk about defensive players. Um, so we have that as well that I felt like not a lot of leagues do, but if you were in one that we could actually provide that content. So there's a bit of that in there. And then the other part of it is it is called the commission fantasy football podcast. I was really, I, part of what we wanted to, to accomplish was to get other commissions on the podcast and talk about what's going on in their league separate from player evaluation. I so we it. wanted to talk about, right. So we want to talk about things like, you know, how are you handling, you know, disputes with your boys or like, you know, what's going on, you know, with trades in your, you know, this week and, you know, who's, who's the guy that gives up, you know, or, or who's the guy that proposes terrible trades every week, but can't seem to get like any trades done, let's say, um, because they're, they're just throwing out shit to you every week and they just have a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of getting those stories out there to, to people to listen and, and kind of figure it out. Um, that, you know, the, the, the struggles that they have in their league separate from their actual fantasy struggles, right. um, you're, not al- you're not alone in what you're facing. So we try to bring things to the podcast that, um, you know, sort of uh, give insight to what's actually happening um, from a human level in other, in other leagues. So that's kind of the, the, the two themes that we try to go for. Um, first year doing it, I think, you know, similar to you, Sky, you know, we kind of have big plans and, um, you know, we're just going to incrementally build on what we're creating and, and uh, hopefully, you know, just produce some good content. 
That's awesome. And I would love to come on the podcast and talk about commissioner stuff. It's cool that you're doing that because so many people, you know, that, that run these podcasts, like we give a shit enough to probably be the commissioner of our league too. Right. Or we've at least done it in the past and I'm in five leagues and I'm the commissioner of one, two, fuck (laughs) four, uh, four of them, I think. Right. So, um, so I definitely can, can relate. And I've been doing, you know, the listener league here for two years, but I've also been doing our league of record for uh, over a decade and I've dealt with all, all sorts of good and bad situations. So I'd love to get some insight there, of course. Um, Awesome. Well, uh, you know, Chris and Alex, I really appreciate you guys again. uh, So much, uh, so fun to have these collaborative uh, episodes. And as you mentioned, you know, Gary, Gary V is the man. Uh, We rep him all the time on the podcast. I was uh, kind of honored to have, you know, someone I look up to in the community, um, Nick Ercolano of Big Dog Fantasy Football. Um, He's my man. And he came on for a hundredth episode in celebration. And I took that episode, that first half is just like interviewing him about fantasy football and just kind of the industry. And then we talk some ball later on, but he's a big Gary V fan too. So, um, yeah. you know, shouts out to, to our boy, Gary V of course. Um, and I want to talk to you about uh, your homie at Gary media, uh, Gary media, uh, Baylor media. <laughs> that would be, um, that'd be fun. Um, but before I let you go, please let our listeners uh, know where they can find all of your content. And, uh, I will look forward to hopping on your podcast sometime soon as well. Definitely. Yeah. So you can check us out on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, uh, also on Podbean, the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter and uh, Instagram, same handle, at the Commish FFP. Uh, yeah. So just check us out. You know, let us know your thoughts. DM us. Um, you know, we're always available. So yeah, man. Sky, thank you so much, bro. Really appreciate you having us on. Thank you, boss. Chris and Alex, the pride of Fall River, Massachusetts. I appreciate you guys. Good luck in week two. All right. Thanks, man. You too, bud. See ya. That'll do for this episode. Huge thanks once again to Chris and Alex for hopping onto the podcast. Had a lot of fun meeting those guys and chatting it up. We're going coast to coast every time possible here on the TCK pod. So I hope to have them on again real soon. Be sure to email us your start sit questions, your keep trade cut questions to tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook and check out our new website, tckpod.com for weekly rankings waiver wire ads and lucas's start sit column if you've gained any value from this episode please rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on the social medias make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the candlestick kids fantasy podcast thank you so much for tuning in for chris alex i am sky and we are out of here thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.